time for our last film here and very excited to talk about this one uh, because we we both saw it earlier in the year and we're going to just briefly review it here you know obviously we're talking about CryptoZoo. Obviously, we aren't going to be able to go into too much detail because we saw the film back in January. It's been eight months. But what we do remember, we'll do our best to relate to you, the listeners. And th- this is one of those festival releases where even though it hasn't made much of a splash, usually we would have relegated it to off topics. I think the reason we're going to talk about it now is mainly because, well, it's it's just one of those movies that I we both want more people to hear about. And uh, it's called CryptoZoo. Like I said, it's an adult animated kind of is it a drama? It's like an absurdist drama, right? It's written and directed by Dash Shah, and the cast is uh, fantastic. Yeah. It's dramedy. I mean, definitely it is it is satirical by design, but yeah, it is more dramatic than you might expect going into it. Right. It takes itself more seriously than you might think if you kind of look at some of the marketing for it or like from the poster to... I haven't seen the trailer, actually. I want to watch the trailer after this and see how it does. Uh Critically, it's it's also a kind of a mixed film. We'll talk about the Rotten Tomato score later. But first, the setup for CryptoZoo is that we have this world where there are crypts. I think they were called cryptos, crypts, something like that. Um, they're like creatures, like mythological creatures, right? So think like uh, you know American Dragon, Jake Long. It's it's one of those things where like the world secretly has these mythical creatures living in secrets. And, you know, the movie kind of starts off with this, like, young couple in love, and they stumble upon a place called CryptoZoo, where these mythical creatures are being held in, like, a zoo format in a way so that the public can appreciate and love them. But then we kind of see that there are some unpredictable consequences to having a CryptoZoo. There is some intrigue around the, the ethical rights of these crypto creatures, and there's certainly a lot of hilarity. There's a lot of surrealism. And like I said, this is animated. There is a lot of just a, there's a beautiful tapestry to this film and how it presents its characters. For me, it was one of the most memorable films to come out at Sundance Film Festival. It's one of my favorite films of the year. And I think the reason I like this so much is because, first of all, the imagination behind it. You know, yes, these are like creatures, like these are sort of like mytholo- mythological creatures, with a lot of references to things you might recognize, but there are a lot of original character designs. And there are so many characters that like come through this movie in such a like, such a fascinating way like really surrealist and but at the same time it's not so abstract that you you like lose track of like the heart of the movie and this movie has like endless heart i felt i really love the characters here lake bell uh plays one of our main characters in this we also have michael Cera. uh we have have um oh gosh zoe kazan i almost forgot her name and quite a few others so yeah, I really liked this one. I, I'm really glad that I was able to see it back in January. I don't know if I would have been able to see it now in theaters. That would have been really tricky, like I mentioned earlier. But yeah, Will, you you like CryptoZoo as well, right? Yeah, I did. And I was, um, yeah, I saw it when it premiered, I guess, virtually. Uh, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that was like a really cool, inventive, charming adult animated film. Uh, and I was like, you know, I, I, I didn't have any expectations for what people would feel about it, but I, I remember the reaction at Sundance for the most part was like mixed to kind of negative. And I was, uh, taken aback a little bit because like I felt, you know, I mean, it, it can be a bit twee. It can be a little like self-satisfied in a way that, um, I can understand that turning some people off, 
but I also just admire the the gumption and the scope and the world building of this so much and just the like the artistry as far as just not only just like the actual like animation itself but just the the absurd character designs just the the like you said the unique animals just like just the weird creative ideas that are thrust into this thing and there is something very singular about it like you can tell that it's just primarily the work of one uniquely minded animator who is just kind of making this in his own weird headspace and and filled with all these big ideas for what this world should be and how it should act and how characters should be acting it and all this stuff um but yeah i mean i know when i recommended to you it kind of came with like a cadence of like yeah i mean i liked it but i mean i don't know like you know other people aren't really digging it so you know i guess like proceed with caution and you came out not only positive but like way more positive than even i was so that was uh charming to see i felt <laughs> yeah i was because uh, i had heard bad things you know i'd heard like oh it's too weird you know i had heard that it was too too cloying too tweed i i think one of the things that got to me with this movie is it's the hand-drawn animation first of all it's just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous i sat there just staring at this movie and just like obviously thinking what i think everybody will think when they see this we're like man this person was clearly on something (laughs) acid lsd and at the same time it it has a really well executed political allegory right it's some people might call it a little bit too on the nose with what it's trying to say but in terms of like the world should be a bit balanced and we should treat, you know, living creatures with respect. There's an effort in this movie to really humanize quite literally these crypt creatures, you know, and even the ones that are dangerous. And, you know, it, I think a man of the Jedi front of the show said this is like Jurassic Park on acid. And I think that's a pretty apt comparison. There's a lot of Jurassic Park in this in terms of its uh. themes. I guess. I mean, I feel like that's also kind of simplistic, but I can I can understand from a, a broad point of view why that comparison was made. I think so. I mean, it's it's more about like the heart of Jurassic Park and the sort of like zoo format, but then with all of the imagination and the world, all this extra stuff thrown in there to make this world really come to life. And yeah, I I really responded to it. I one thing that. I hope doesn't get like lost in the conversation around this movie. Little that there is, is just how like with hand drawn animation, people usually are like, yeah, it's hand drawn animation. It's flat compared to computer animation. And I think this movie is one of the proofs of how like no, there's a way for you to do animation where literally there are just there are actual layers to everything that you're seeing. That's one of the like the the stealth benefits of hand drawn is that you can like filter and make things translucent. And literally like sheets of colors can be on top of each other, creating visuals that you can't really replicate in computer animation to quite the same way. And for me, it's a big reason why we still need hand-drawn animation because it can produce results that are so unique and of their own. And in this case, really aid the story. I think that it helps the story a lot to make this such a storybook kind of thing and to make it sort of pop in the way it does so that everything kind of like meshes together and it feels like an art book, you know, on display. So yeah, I just, you know, that, that for me is like the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, and also, like you said, as far as the um, political and social commentary of it, I, I, I just love the way that it builds this sort of eco-culture um, 
as like almost like a sort of like liberal safe haven, but like also explorers just see inherent struggles of like idealism, but also individuality in a way that I think is very thoughtful and intriguing. And um, I, I just think generally speaking, uh, what's most fitting about the film is that it was just really nice to be enveloped into this sort of bewitching and just like fanciful sort of world for like an hour and change and just be wrapped up in all these like absurd ideas and these beautiful artistries and stuff like that. And I would say in an unconventional Sundance, uh, Pliny was one of the best characters. Um, yep. I know you're also oh, yes. quite fond of Pliny. Uh, I would love a little plush toy of Pliny. Just, he's just so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny uh, as a character. Um, uh, I, I thought Pliny in particular. I mean, all the characters are, are quite good, but Pliny is the star. Pliny was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I, I remember. Is it pronounced Pliny? It's been a while. I since thought it was Pliny. I remember, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was like Pliny. But yeah, he, he he's just such a beautiful, sad, little weird man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, too. I mean, this is a very adult film. I know I already called it an adult animated film, but it it's it's got some really hardcore material in it uh you know there's nudity there's there's like some gore it's i don't want to make it sound too much of like you know families come out and see you know like if you loved wolf walkers you know anything like that it's it doesn't i say storybook and it's not a fairy tale but it's kind of like a demented fairy tale if anything Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the opening scene alone is like in a traditional year that'd be like the like in the first three minutes like a parent accidentally brings their kids. Yeah. He's like, all right, we gotta go. A zoo with <laughs> magical creatures. Let's go. Right. <laughs> and they're watching with like talking <laughs> animals and all these fun <laughs> visuals. Oh, sure. The kid already has a plush um, toy of Pliny. <laughs> yeah. I, it reminds me of, um, when, you know, back like in the normal times when we do, uh, you know, like the film festival and we'd have an anime film and primarily almost always it was for adults, but, uh, and no matter what, if it's anything animated, like uh, people would always bring, you know, like their kids and their family, just because obviously they're just like animation equals kids and family, and just like always, like you know, fifteen minutes later walking out because, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever, like some you know truly adult thing just happened on screen. It's just like, yeah, people have this weird conception of that, you know, for and you know, it makes sense because you know, whatever, seven out of ten times, animated movies are generated towards kids, but people just don't you know, read the fine print as far as what some of their animated films contain and they find out the hard way for sure. Hopefully there's some this warning signs. probably more ways than one. Hopefully yeah. there are warning signs though. They were like, hmm, this isn't playing at AMC regular, the local century, but sure. it is playing at that art house theater that's already traumatized our young child, <laughs> you know, with whatever but else. But you know, like, made. but that's the thing, right? It's like these kind of like, I mean, I don't want to generalize or assume, but like kind of like these like more highbrow, you know, uh, socially conscious types who are this like oh we're gonna show our kids something I see a little bit saying. smarter than you know madagascar six or ice age seven <laughs> like yeah, yeah and then you know let's go let's go to the embarcadero that's the san francisco theater that i think is playing this and uh, show our kid cryptozoo yeah and I, I i would say too in terms of that like on that note i one of the th- things i was thinking about surprisingly enough i was thinking a lot about south park in this movie um, I just remember thinking that it, it reminds me of how in South Park you also have this sort of like kind of preachy message that sort of bemoans all sides of like a political issue. It doesn't really, you know, sure. it doesn't lean one way more uh, than the other necessarily. And then I don't, I know. don't know if it's quite as, um, 
It's not scolding, humorous. I guess. And yeah, it's not scolding, but it certainly has a point to like sure. you know the extremes of society. And and this movie, we should say, it's not as it's not nearly the same type of humor. It's not cheap humor at all. Um, yeah, it's very very smart writing. Yeah, but I mean, Imagination Land is a an easy comparison, I guess. That's what between, I was kind of leaning toward. You know, like, there have yeah. been South Park things that have like elements that remind me of CryptoZoo and have sharp writing too. Like, I would say like the Cthulhu stuff, you know, that they do in in uh, that one in, um, arc of South Park. Uh, there's there's a bunch of stuff. You mean uh, Cthulhu? Cthulhu, Cthulhu, whatever you call it. I thought it was Cthulhu, but I could be wrong. Something. It's dangerous. That's what we know. But I think that's all to say that we both like this movie and that it's it's uh. It, to me, it's kind of sad that, like, yeah, nobody's talking about it. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't heard people coming out to see it. I, and to me, it's like one of the um, one of the more interesting movies I've saw this year. I agree, but I think it was always going to be more of a festival darling than something that even got yeah. close to mainstream appeal, even no, in the like film Twitter world. I, yeah, sure, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, this is like the not the opposite of Coda, but like doing something totally different from coda where it's like that's like a broadly appealing film has an obviously has like a unique and worthwhile perspective but obviously trying to appeal to as many audiences as possible this one is just like hey you're on our wavelength or you're not like if you're not sorry like we're just doing our thing okay I have the uh, analogy. you know hope you enjoy the ride all right i have yeah, the okay. analogies coda coda is like taco bell cantina you know I don't know if you've ever been to a Taco Bell uh, cantina. It's the more upscale version of Taco Bell. Yes. Um, yeah. CryptoZoo. CryptoZoo is a home-cooked meal in the basement of a drug lord. Um, and hmm. they're just a surprisingly fantastic cook. You don't know how to explain it. You know, you're not sure you can recommend uh, the cuisine to anybody else, but you sure enjoyed it. That's for sure. You're talking like a hole-in-the-wall kind of place that's like... It doesn't catch your eye at first, but you you like oh you know what? no I'm literally talking about like a, I mean, like a drug dealer's like basement oh okay you know <laughs> like Shaggy from Scooby Doo like makes you I, this amazing five course yeah. meal you're implying an element of danger with this film though that I don't think is quite <laughs> warranted like it's not like it's not like taboo I don't outside of like the sex and the nudity and stuff like that I don't think it's a particularly taboo film uh. Uh, it just it just so inherently trying to be offbeat and individualistic as far as its approach i mean people are going to make kind of cheap comparisons like whatever wes anderson or south park like you said but like i I think itself it it, um what's his name dash shaw this is the filmmaker behind this right Yeah. yeah uh and he also did um my entire high school sinking into the sea which i enjoyed um and that's another film where it's just like you know it has kind of like a like uh, picture book quality to it, where it kind of feels like you're kind of flipping through like uh, an offbeat zine sort of thing, where you're like kind of like, huh, this weird artist has like made these like, you know, kind of weird concept ideas that you like, but you kind of, it's like an underground sort of thing, like you just find it in like a weird comic book shop or something like that, in like the back aisle or whatever. And I think that's the vibe of like a lot of his work, and I think that's certainly the case with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that would be the comparison that I would make with this film. And we should mention Dash Shaw, like in addition to being an animator and the director here, he's also a comic book artist and comic book writer. Uh, he's done a bunch of pretty, pretty well-known graphic novels, um, and has a bit of a fantastical reputation. So, you know, I've never checked out any of his comic stuff, but you can definitely tell, you know, he's of that mind, you know, and I, I love the sort of, I love how graphic novels especially are evolving. 
for comic artists now that readers of comics are kind of entering a sort of like there's like this Gen X uh, millennial kind of appetite for more mature, grounded, edgier comics and graphic novels that I love to see personally. And I think CryptoZoo is kind of a fun reflection of that like growing sort of like demographic in that way, but one that is not likely to find much of an audience, uh, very, very limited audience as it were, but a, a gem of a movie if you ask me, and it sounds like you will, uh, no matter the case, uh, I'll be surely recommending this to plenty of people over the years. And, you know, when I find out their tastes are at least. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I would recommend the film. I did like it a good bit. It was probably in, if not my top five, then certainly my top 10 for Sundance this year. Um, but I, it's the type of film I, I have some caveats where I'm just like, I can definitely see some people being like, this is insufferable and weird and I don't get it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't blame anybody for not liking it. But at the same time, I'm I, I'm more disappointed when people are just like, eh, no, just not my thing. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I think back to you know we, uh, he wasn't like in the Cinemaholics crew per se, but our friend Corey Woodruff was you know kind of palling around with us while we were uh, doing the virtual Sundance this year, and I had recommended this film to him just kind of just because he was interested. I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I, I think at the very least it's worth a try. And he got I think like <laughs> five minutes in, and it was just like, nope. Yeah, not yeah. for me and I was like eh, I'm disappointed I didn't try it more but like I just feel like that's going to be the response that a lot of people are going to have like even yeah. you know like Corey you know obviously is very film literate like very willing to try a lot of different things and different things I'm not like putting him on the spot here I'm just uh, using him as an example I'll just bring him like, into the call hold on <laughs> sure hey Corey so uh, just, Will's I, been calling you yeah. out no, okay hey Corey he said you're film literate and so we'll start with the compliments it's not a condescending okay. to me. Oh, okay. I, it wasn't meant to be condescending. I know. I'm just joking. Uh, but I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, my point being, like, I think even some people with um, open minds and uh, curious perspectives will just be instantly kind of turned off by this. Like you said, they perceive it as too twee or, you know, too self indulgent or insufferable for whatever number of reasons. But. I think it's worth a shot. I mean, at the very least, if it's interesting to you and you love animation, especially if you love animation, I think oh, it's yeah. worth trying because this movie is going to be completely and totally different than basically any other anime film you're going to get this year. And it's also, like I said, very singular to its main artist. Or artist. I don't know what word I was making up there, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's worth a shot, I think. And and I, I hope more people than not enjoy it, but... Like I said, I can definitely understand some folks are just not going to mesh or jive or groove with this film in any particular way. Definitely agree. All right. What's your guess for the Rotten Tomatoes? Here we go. What do you think? Um, 72%? Not bad. A little lower, though. 67%. You're good at this game. I want to keep okay. playing it. Uh, yeah, 67% out of 73 reviews, an average rating of 5.7 out of 10. And... Yeah, yeah, I uh, I can see that. <laughs> you know, I can see a lot of critics, especially for coming out of Sundance, not not vibing with this. I should write about it because I have positive things to say, and I'd love to I'd love to add my review to the conversation. But I'd have to rewatch it. You know, it's been too long. I don't want to review it without having rewatched it myself. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. No cinema score that I, I see a record of, but sure. <laughs> I think we can imagine what that they might be. They all just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't have a cinema score if you don't have a cinema. Um, but that is CryptoZero. And it's a short watch, too. 95 minutes long. I don't know if it's going to be available on demand anytime soon. It could be right now, for all I know. I don't think it is. But uh, hopefully I think it is, people can check it out. Soon. It's on VOD right now, okay. I think. 
I think it's on VOD right now. Yeah. yeah. I know it played at another festival earlier this summer. So I, you know, I had another round of reviews come in for that. Uh, definitely worth your time. If, uh, if you're interested in animation, I think we definitely agree on liking this movie, but understanding it does kind of have a limited audience, limited appeal, and hopefully you are in that zone. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.